All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome on in to the latest, potentially greatest edition of the Off Air Podcast. I am Chris Thomas, joined now for the moment by the big kahuna himself, Mike Conti, the station brand manager of 92.9 The Game. So this will be a fun few episodes with him as he fills in the uh, small in stature but big in heart size shoes of our buddy Stephen Gagliano, who's now onto greener pastures, actually right just down the street at Georgia Tech. So we wish Steve the best. We had him send off last episode. But Mike, welcome to the podcast. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I agree. And shout out to Steve. He did a great job and we're going to miss him. Uh, I, I'm glad Steve was able to find full-time work at Georgia Tech. I think that'll be great for him and great for Georgia Tech. Steve's awesome. But uh, for the next couple weeks or months or however long you need me, uh, I think we'll have a lot of fun kind of talking about the radio station. Hopefully I can shed some light on why we do things the way we do here, or how we do things the way we do. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun with this. And uh, this way I can also make sure that I'm being talked about in a a, a nice way, as opposed to maybe a, uh, a not so nice way. Although I trust you guys, I, I, I think you guys probably like me, right? Oh, you know, you you greenlit a podcast for us on air shifts. What what bad can, what bad can we possibly have to say about the brand manager? There could still be many many areas. <laughs> Hopefully not today. All right. So before we get into you, which is what I want to spend the majority of this episode on, let, you know, if the job of this podcast is to lift up the curtain and peel back the onion, so to speak, what better way to do it than to get into your career and how we got to this moment and an exciting year coming up for the station. But before I do that, I do have to ask you on behalf of all 929 The Game employees and Falcons fans, are you ready for another week of Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter conversation? Well, we have to do it, right? Uh, I mean, that is kind of the conversation now. And we have to – here's the thing. I, I understand it can be repetitious. Uh, weeks ago, I probably didn't even agree with the notion that it was time to um, make a change to the quarterback position. But, but this is where we are right now, and the listeners of our radio station – tend to be very, very passionate Falcons fans. And they're sitting here this morning at 5 and 8, wondering what's going to give us hope? What's going to give us a reason to be interested and and um, care about these final four games of the season? And frankly, what gives the Falcons the best chance to make the playoffs, which is still a mathematical possibility. And the Saints could do the Falcons a lot of help if, uh, if they beat Tampa Bay. And if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you'll already know the answer of what happened, I guess. So we, I think it's our duty uh, as a radio station to have that conversation. I think it's our our responsibility as a radio station to give fans and listeners the opportunity to express themselves, express their opinions, uh, show off their passion for the Falcons, and and explain why they feel it's either a good decision to stick with Mariota or it's the correct decision to move on to Ritter. And the thing is, and you know this, Chris, most of our hosts are fans too. Mm-hmm. You know, not most of our hosts, all of our hosts are yeah. fans too. Some of our hosts have season tickets. I mean, they're they're just like people listening to this podcast right now. 
or people who listen to this radio station. So they have strong opinions too, and they want to express themselves. Um, I'll be curious to see, Chris, how immediately this is addressed by Arthur Smith. I mean, Arthur Smith could come out in the next day or two and say, yeah, we're going to make a change and it's going to be Ritter. And then it does not become as much of a discussion anymore on the radio station because we know what's going to happen. Uh, but I think in the meantime, it, it's our responsibility as a radio station to give a form for Falcons fans to, to express what they want to see. Uh, so absolutely, I'm ready for that conversation to continue because I, I'm very uh, entertained when I hear callers and guests who are very passionate on a subject such as this. Yeah, we are the conduit to the people if we are nothing else in local radio. That's maybe the biggest difference between national and local radio from when I moved uh, from CBS Sports Radio on the national side back to the local scene here in Atlanta is the connection to the audience is everything. It's Mm -hmm. number one through ten on the list of importance that we make sure as a radio station and as a community we're in the weeds, we're chopping it up with the people on remotes and – we got to see that firsthand, and every single time we're out on the road, I know, at least for Dukes and Bell, the show I can speak as a representative of, that has been the number one topic of conversation for Falcons fans all season long. All right, on to other pressing matters, because Mike Conti, I want to know what made you fall in love with radio. As radio yeah. listeners, as radio uh, you know, employees, we all, we all get the itch at some point, so how did that happen for you? Yeah. So growing up, I think I realized at a very young age that as much as I loved sports, I was so unathletic and so untalented (laughs) that I would never be able to pursue a career playing sports. Mm -hmm. The next best thing, in my opinion, was to find a way to still be a part of the game without actually having to play it. And that, to me, at least at a young age, was play by play. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you hear old people like me. I'm only 41, by the way, but I feel like I'm really old. Uh, you, you probably hear old people like me talk about, yeah, during the summer, I used to listen to the baseball game on the radio under my pillow. And, and that truly was me. Um, except it wasn't baseball. It was ice hockey. My first love growing up was ice hockey. I love the Philadelphia Flyers still do to this day. So, uh, growing up. A big part of my childhood was listening to the Philadelphia Flyers on the radio with Gene Hart doing the play-by-play. Part of it was because, Chris, I had uh, I was very lucky. My family had season tickets to Flyers games, but as a little kid, my dad would only let me stay for the first period, and then I had to go home if it was a school night and get to bed. Ah. So we'd go down to the spectrum. We'd watch the first period. We'd drive home. We'd listen to the rest of the game on the radio. So that's what really made an impression on me. Like, wow, he's got to have the coolest job in the world. He can be part of the game and describe all the action, really be an integral part of how we as fans consume the game uh, and not have to put skates on uh, and not have to grab a stick. So I thought, wow, this could be kind of a viable career option for me because I love sports so much. So when I got into the industry, Chris, my goal, and my goal probably still is to this day, Uh, My goal is to do play-by-play for uh, a major league or major college sports team. And that probably still is my goal today. I'm very, very happy doing Atlanta United. I love doing it. Um, 
you know, and, and if I'm doing that for the rest of my life, I'll be very, very happy. But, um, being a brand manager, being a sports director, being a sports update anchor, being a, a reporter, being a news reporter, which I did for quite a long time, uh, being a assistant news director, being an operations man, like none of that was really in my career plan. It was always to do play by play. But what I discovered was I can do all the play-by-play in the world. It's not going to be enough to make a living. Uh, You know, play-by-play for many, including myself, unless you're super lucky and and you're working for an NBA team or a Major League Baseball team or maybe maybe in the National Hockey League, uh, for most people, play-by-play is kind of a side gig. It's not going to pay the bills. It's just something fun to do. It's the same thing for me. So I had to make a determination, okay, what's going to be my nine to five? What's going to be my day, my day job? And, um, you know, that kind of started when I was in college um, at a radio station up in State College, Pennsylvania. I was their sports director for a while. I became their program director. When I graduated from Penn State, I moved down to Savannah. I was a program director down there for a couple of years at the sports talk station. And then I kind of transitioned into more of a news director role doing news uh, reporting, news anchoring, because I thought that would open up more career doors into a major market for me, and it did. Uh, That got me into New Orleans, and I I still think that was where my career really transformed when I had a chance to work in New Orleans at WWL after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, Working in the news department there was a very rewarding, very educational experience, but I got lucky because, um, you know, the Saints – network needed a post game host and they had no one around to do it and i overheard that i go i'll do it hey uh you know the arena football team down there which is owned by the saints and wwl had the rights to it as a result they needed a play-by-play announcer and they had no one around to do it i'll do it you know that kind of that that got my sports itch uh satisfying for a little while until i got here to atlanta but you know when i came to the atlanta market i came here as a news anchor I didn't come here to work in sports radio. I came here as a news anchor. I always wanted to go back into sports, but uh, the opportunity at, at first never presented itself. Um, you know, uh, 680 The Fan and 790 The Zone had no no use for me. Uh, uh, I applied twice to be the play-by-play announcer at Georgia Tech. Neither time they would even return my phone call. Huh. Uh, so, you know, here I am now. I, I, I it, When 92.9 was signing on, uh, the place down the street where I was working literally the same week went uh, and changed formats, which uh, created an opportunity for me to cross the street. And I was very, very lucky that they hired me here. And and it became a lot of, again, I'll do it. You know, oh, if we're, we're broadcasting an Atlanta Dream Game Saturday. We have no one to do that. I'll do it. Uh, hey, we're doing the Corky Cal this fall, uh, but we don't have anyone to call. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, and, and so the last 10 years here at 92.9 for me, Chris, uh, I know this has been a very long answer to a short question. I apologize. You're, you're going to find as we do this podcast, I do that a lot. I apologize. Um, but a lot of the last 10 years for me have, have just been me raising my hand and say, I'll do it. Uh, and, and to an extent, that's kind of how I'm in the seat I'm in right now. And for aspiring young broadcasters out there, we introduce Mike Conti to the media nugget button 
something me and Steve make great use of. We have very high production on this podcast. Uh, I didn't know that you were a PD once before. So that is yeah. a media nugget for me, your co-host. How about that? Um, yeah. That's, that's a great uh, insight into your career there and uh, exactly how you got to be in the uh, – in the, to quote my old buddy Mike Francesa, the power chair, that, that you're sitting in today. Uh, let's, a little let's, bit different, though, being the program director in market 150 with one local show and like two or three local employees, as opposed to being in the PD chair in market seven with Lyman local almost 24 seven and a staff of the either 30 or 40 people. I, I, I keep losing count of that. It is a little bit different. You mean there's not one guy just named Bob the engineer with overalls on that keep the lights on, that, runs the board? So funny. Bob was the name of our engineer in Pennsylvania. That's so funny. <laughs> he did not wear overalls, though, but that is really, really funny. And those guys do upwards of 11 and a half jobs just to keep the it's lights crazy. on. Yeah, to, even changing the coffee maker. Yeah, they, yeah. they do everything. It's it's a it's a truly different experience.